Okay, this is for everybody out there. I just want to introduce you to this uh, special guest that I have on here. His name, he goes by the name Papa Ray. Okay, and uh, what he does, he's a pastor, and he knows the fear of abandonment and the pain of rejection that growing up without a father can cause. He knows firsthand the struggle of not believing he was worthy or loved. These struggles took him through two devastating, life-changing depressions. In the first one, he went bankrupt, losing his business and, in his, and his home. And in the second, some 20 years later, he nearly lost his life. His new motto has become, I will be to the world what the world was not to me when I needed them. By touching people's hearts, Ray has gone around the world just uh, helping people in their struggles look to him through two devastating life-changing de depressions so with all this stuff that's going on papa ray has helped thousands feel wanted as a son or a daughter and being able to receive love from their heavenly father so papa ray i just want to thank you for coming on here i mean it's an honor and a privilege to have you on here i uh, i i for one also believe that the uh, the hurts caused by the past your father trickling down from father to son from father to son because we all came as fathers and as sons we all came from a father and a son so it just continuously yeah. flows down from us from generation to generation unless we we stop it and, and heal those hurts so i'll go ahead and uh, let you take over right now yeah that, you you said it right there we need to stop and heal them hurts that's that's the key that's the number one and um, now as a personal transformation coach, you know, a lot of people are trying to break through that new ceiling and they're reaching for that new high. And every thought and every focus is all about go reach higher, reach higher, reach higher. And just a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so, Holy Spirit started telling me, Ray, um, how about just raising the floor? You know, mm -hmm. if you raise up the floor, what happens to the ceiling? Well, the ceiling goes up when you raise up the floor. Yep. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What are you talking about? He goes, okay, if you will, uh, Chris Voss is um, really incredible. You've never heard of Chris Voss. Check him out. Mm -hmm. He said, you will fall to your highest level of preparedness. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit just really showed me what that really meant is, so we're going through life and we're just all these things that happen. But if we never dealt with them, that means our, our, when we fall, we will fall to our floor. But if we never stopped to raise up the floor, guess what? We're going to fall down to the floor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what is the floor? The floor is the lowest I will go. Mm. Now, with two major depressions, I was five minutes away from suicide. That was my floor. Wow. Because the floor is as far as I was willing to deal with my past. And like you said, we all need to deal with them um, past hurts. Yes. So Dr. Joe Dispenza says that we are recorded. Uh, he has a much better way of saying it. Let me see if I can not butcher this too badly. So my, my version is we are the sum total of every part that makes up the whole of who we are. Yes. So our brain 
is literally every moment of every day is doing a research of our whole life to determine what's going to happen in the next moment. Mm -hmm. Now, where's our brain finding that information? The primary information that our brain's pulling from is from conception to seven years old. Wow. Because that is what we call the primary building foundations of our life and our beliefs. So our brain will primarily pull from our primary beliefs. Mm -hmm. The Jesuits said, give me a child to the seven and I'll show you the adult. Wow. So what's happening is the brain is like pay. I mean, it's just like a sponge. It's just like sucking everything in. It doesn't have the ability to really categorize. It just says, whoa, that's what it is. And it just sucks it in and brings it in and it formulates ideas and beliefs and habits. Mm -hmm. Now, those ideas, beliefs and habits, we will literally carry the rest of our life mm -hmm. until, like you said, until we stop. So I call it the five steps. The st five steps to healing is, starts with stop. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Mm. Is it true? What's the truth? Now, the key here is, of course, to stop. If you don't stop, so your brain has about, they say, 40 thoughts a minute. And they say that can translate into about 70,000 thoughts a day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, ain't that crazy? Yeah, it's <laughs> that's, amazing. That's a lot of thinking going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like to say, stop and think what you're thinking, because what you're thinking is going to make you think more of what you've been thinking. If you don't think about what you're thinking, you're going to keep thinking what you've been thinking. You're not going to get anywhere where you've been. Wow. <laughs> Was that a limerick? <laughs> so what happens is Dr. Joe Dispenza says 50% of your thoughts today uh -huh. are the same as yesterday. Mm. What happened yesterday? I didn't solve this problem. Mm. So what do I do? I carry it over to today. It becomes part of the problem I need to solve today. Mm. But now I got today has this whole set of its own problems, but I never resolved this. Why? Because I was thinking about what are other people thinking about me and how do I solve what I think other people think and what I couldn't resolve that I've never been able to resolve all my life. Wow. And so my brain is racing like crazy and boom, 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 boom. In two minutes, I got 10 different things that are distracting me. So what happens? I never stop, think, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Mm. Is it true? What's the truth? So now, you know, cause we are all about fathers right now and it's, I read this really powerful article about the the state of the of the um, emotion of this new generation raised up in a fatherless society, huh. and how Black Lives Matter and Tifa, a lot of these groups are really driven by children that grew up without fathers. They're very angry. They're very bitter, and they're full of strife. So what happens is that child, even in the womb, is growing up and in their spirit, they're knowing in their soul, their mind, will, and emotions in their spirit that they're not wanted, they're not loved, they're not accepted. And what does that do? 
is so uh, let's just take a child in the primary years, you know, up to seven years old. Father comes home, says, ah, oh, you know, I'm so tired. The child's like, daddy, daddy. Dad's like, no, listen, you don't you know, I'm tired. I, I got things I got to do. What happens to the child? Their heart goes closed just a little bit. Well, the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, it's the same thing over and over and over. Daddy, oh, I'm so tired. Can't you just give me a break? Well, what happens? Let's be real. <laughs> what happens when we get tired? <laughs> we get oh, grumpy. Yeah. Yes. And our children, what do they want? Our, our attention. They, they want attention. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're tired. We're exhausted. We're overwhelmed. What do we do? We tell them, hey, give me a break. Or we get angry. Yep. So every time that child doesn't feel that love, that affection, what happens? Their heart goes closed more, more, and more, and more. Wow. To the point, what we call an orphan's heart. Mm-hmm. Now, an orphan's heart is what we're referring to is not a child without a father. An orphan's heart is like the elder son in the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. So a lot of people just focus on the younger son. Not many people talk about the elder son. The elder son had an orphan's heart. His heart was close to his father Mm. because he lived with his father all his life. And he said to the father, very disrespectfully, as a matter of fact, he said, you have not even given me anything. And the way he spoke to him was very disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So you can see the elder son's heart was completely closed. The problem with all this is when the child's heart goes closed to the father mm-hmm. on earth, it goes closed to the father in heaven. Oh. And that's why that child now is racing through all these scenarios. How can I get affection? How can I get love? How can I get attention? Mm-hmm. So what happens? We go out looking for drugs. We look for that high. We look for that affection yeah. yeah. that that fill that void, drugs, yeah. sex, alcohol, gambling, work, mm-hmm. uh, ministry, you know, it's anything that we get addicted to is like, oh, look at me, look at me. Uh, anything we do to draw attention to ourselves yes. is trying to fill that, that empty void. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked the other day, we had a really amazing talk here the other day. I appreciated that. And, oh yeah, definitely. You know, just sharing some of the things that we battled through and not being there for our children, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing is, it's, it's never too late to correct what we Absolutely. did. Mm-hmm. We can always come back and children, uh, I mean, in adults are very resilient mm-hmm. is because they're crying out. What are they crying out for? To fill the love deficit. Yes. Now, interestingly enough, a love deficit that's not been filled cannot be healed Mm. but when we come back and speak blessings and love over our children guess what they can be healed Mm. they can be restored and that kind of ties back into uh, what the bible talks about uh speaking life and death Mm. oh come on talk to me yeah absolutely i mean you're, you're you're literally filling up that that love deficit that you're speaking on with with uh with life yeah, you know, yeah. And, and kind of reversing the uh, the negative effects that we've caused with 
us not being present or us causing damage with our own words towards our child. And, and yeah. I don't know of any, I don't know of any father on earth mm -hmm. that has not said or done something that has not been harmful or hurtful. You know, it's not that they intended to, it's just unintentionally. And I think that's why this program is so powerful, mm -hmm. no matter how good of a father you were, is to, uh, what we want to talk about is what I call the father's blessing, mm -hmm. is where um, I stood in the father, I stood in the place and teach other people to bless their children through literally every phase of their life, starting from conception, first, second, third trimester, birth, infant, toddler, the whole way through their life, speaking life into mm -hmm. all them areas. And that's an excellent point is the, the power and death is in the tongue. And I don't know how much we think about how devastating our words really can be. I don't, I, I think a lot of us, and, and I could say this from my own point of view is, uh, I, we don't, we don't know how devastating those words are. It was brought to my attention by my, my loving wife. And once I started seeing the negative, once, once she brought it to my attention, it started opening up my eyes to be able to see the damage I had caused in my 13 year old daughter hmm. to see wow. the level of confidence that she operated in. Wow. And wow. It was drastic. It was it was eye opening. It was uh, it broke my heart to see that. Yeah. So then I started taking the positive steps to start speaking life into her, speaking blessings and not cursings, and just trying to uplift her. That's awesome. Words and I've seen a tremendous amount of difference in her from her 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 personality to her level of confidence. They say that a daughter gains her confidence from her father. Yeah. And that's what's happening today in society is our daughters, since we're shunning them off as fathers, unknowingly or knowingly, they have to turn to uh, uh, Cosmo or any of these things that show women in a certain way, a provocative way that they think that that's acceptable. So now more, more than ever, Little girls are thinking that in order for them to have attention, in order for them to be liked, that they have to start looking and acting like these girls on these, like on Cosmo, for one, I'm just picking on Cosmo, you know what I mean? Or, or any of these other magazines that are out there for little girls, you know? And that, that, content, that, that, that content that they're putting out there is just really detrimental to them. They look at themselves and say, okay, why is my father not wanting to pay attention to me? So they take it upon themselves and they think, man, I must not be important. These girls are getting attention. So let me do what they do. Yep. And we're sending exactly. the wrong You're message. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And so the problem is, is, is we as fathers are broken and empty ourselves. Mm. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. Uh, I was five minutes, uh, six years ago, I was five minutes away from suicide, maybe going on seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, and all of a sudden, something snapped because I got very angry at this depression that I went through 20 years early. And here I am 20 years later, 
going through the exact same thing, only worse. And I got very, very angry about this. And all of a sudden, uh, a very sharp pain came into my head and, all, and it was gone, bam. And my mind came 100% clear. So I knew I didn't want to die, but I didn't know what I was going to do next. And that night, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly. He said, right, nobody's coming to fix it. I'm like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I'm like, I don't know. Like, like, you kind of set me back. I'm like, yeah. That's wow. And I'm like, do I like this? <laughs> do I really <laughs> like that idea? I'm like, no, wait a minute. I do like that idea because that means it's up to me. I don't mm-hmm. need to wait for anybody. Yeah, too much of my life, I was demanding other people had to come back and correct what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. And then when I came to that, Holy Spirit spoke so clearly. It's like, Ray, nobody's coming to fix it. I'm like, wait a minute. Stop waiting for somebody. Just go. And I, whoo. So a couple of days later, uh, the Lord spoke again, very, very clearly said, Ray, your father and all them people were broken and empty. They could not give you what they did not have. Yeah, yep. Another powerful revelation. Wow. And now what I do is I keep a broken coffee cup here in my office. Mm-hmm. And whenever a client's here working through something and they start complaining about somebody, I said, go and get my cup over there. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know <laughs> they're broken and they're empty. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's what it comes down to. Why do people mistreat you? Mm. Is because they're mean. Why are they mean? Because they're hurting. Why are they hurting? Because they're broken and empty. You know, so when we back it down, why, 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 mm-hmm. we get down to the core is they can't give us what they don't have. Mm-hmm. So my father left my home when I was four years old. Uh-huh. And I started using this scenario and everything in my life. I'm like, oh my goodness. I used to tell people I was abandoned, I was rejected. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I was never abandoned. I was never rejected. My father just couldn't give me what he didn't have. He ran off looking for his pleasure that he couldn't find within himself. He had an orphan's heart. So his heart was closed. Uh So he couldn't receive from Father God. So he had an orphan heart struggling to find value mm. and he couldn't find it. I, I find it interesting that you say that because I've seen other people who tell me about their past with their fathers, right? Mm-hmm. And they go on and say, my father left or he did this or he traveled and I don't want to be like my father, right? Yeah. You, I'm sure you heard the same thing. Oh yeah. But then you look at their life and they're doing the exact same thing thing their father did (laughs) exactly and trying to get them to see that detrimental pattern that they're on that that path that they're on is sometimes difficult because they do not want to admit what they are doing right and they're not willing to put in the work for one and number two to accept the pain associated with that feeling of abandonment 100%. You you nailed it again. You nailed it again. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Ray, is uh, when you talked about 
people, you know, they say, why are they hurting people hurt people, right? Yes. Is it true to say that people who have a victim mentality sometimes bring that on themselves? Woe is oh. me. And, and then they start, it's kind of like a law of attraction, what they call it, where all of a sudden they're bringing this negativity they're they're bringing this uh these bad things onto them almost like from the universe it's being attracted and then they sit there and say wow i don't know why these bad things are happening to me i don't know why i keep losing this job i don't know why people treat me this way or, or whatever and it's like dude look at your pattern look at what ah, you yeah step back 100%. and see what you are doing wrong I thank you for bringing that up. I love that. I did that. Oh, so wow. remember what I used to say, I used to tell people I was abandoned. I was rejected. Uh -huh. Guess what? Every leader and father figure did to me in my life. Mm. They rejected me because I anticipated it. Mm -hmm. So I literally, my brain wanted to accomplish what I said was going to happen. Yeah. What is it do? My brain, my subconscious brain cannot differentiate between false and fiction. It just, I mean, um, truth and, and lies. Yeah. It, it doesn't know the difference. If I tell my brain, this is going to happen, what's my brain going to do? It's going to work really hard to make that scenario happen. Mm. And that's why you, you keep repeating things, repeating things, repeating things. It gets your brain ingrained into doing this new better thing well that's also true with the bad thing yep you keep repeating repeating the bad thing your brain's like hey this is what ray wants to do we're, yeah. we're gonna have to do it now it's hey familiar. we are to help him <laughs> so. I, I think it's familiar so your brain automatically starts using those neural pathways to recreate the situation over and over again because one it's familiar I read a book by Trinity Jordan called Sabotage, and it explains everything about how we tend through past experiences to sabotage our life because of, the, the, of stuff that's happened to us. And it just continuously goes over and over and over again. It's, it's a great read. But uh, I, I yeah. agree with you. Everything. When you break that down, uh -huh. so in your brain, so every it's hard to believe but everything you ever seen said heard and done is stored in your subconscious yeah Excuse so me. what happens is your brain is doing a research of your whole life mm -hmm. to determine what is the meaning of what's about to happen based on what all of your past experiences now here's the problem where people hate to do this this is the hardest thing i get have people do is go back and unpack the past meaning that I gave to it. Remember, my brain's doing a research of my whole life to determine what's going to happen in the next moment, comes back with a conclusion in a nanosecond, that's the speed of light, mm -hmm. releasing neurochemicals. So the two I want to focus on are cortisol and adrenaline. They're the nasty drugs. Now, they have their purposes in good ways. Mm -hmm. Cortisol takes your cognitive thinking processing and greatly diminishes it instantly. So you can say you go from 720 bits of data processing in your brain to as low as 20, bam, that quick. Wow. 
It's called the stress response, mm -hmm. the stress hormones. What is it doing? It's taking away like, oh, this creative tis, you know, it's like the bear is chasing me. Well, you know what? If I did, no, <laughs> bear is chasing me. Boom, I'm going to fight or I'm going to flight. That's it. That's yeah. all we can think. If, curiously enough, your brain doesn't know if it's a real or a perceived situation. Mm. So you're sitting there going through your brain, you're just kind of doodotting along, and all of a sudden you think about something that made you angry or afraid in the past, and your body reacts to that thought. And what does your body do? Releases the neurochemicals, your brain goes into the stress response, your cognitive thinking drops dramatically, and now your creativity's gone out the window, and you're what? Thinking with a greatly diminished thinking of thought process. Wow. And it, it's so true that you say that because I've seen it from uh, in other people where they're thinking and it triggers that stress response on them. It's so overwhelming that they become allergic to foods. Yes. Yes. Where it changes where they can't even eat. Because so here's the, here's the crazy thing. Uh -huh. is in Dr. Joe Dispenza, he has a thing called um, You Are the Placebo is a book he has, and there's some videos on it too. He said, if your thinking can make you sick, so how you think and what you think about can literally make you sick. So when you get into the epigenetics of this, mm -hmm. is your thought processes release neurochemicals into your body, which affects your genes, and your genes are affected by the environment. Mm -hmm. So your genes deregulate because of the environment of your thinking process. Mm -hmm. So now your deregulated genes are duplicating themselves. And guess what? Your thinking process deregulates your genes even more. And then they duplicate themselves by the thousands. So here's what happens. So your genes deregulate, duplicate, deregulate, duplicate, deregulate, duplicate. And so now your organs and your body starts failing because of what you've been thinking. Oh, wow. Now, Dr. Joe Spencer said, if you can think yourself into being sick, uh -huh. can you think yourself into being well? Yeah, I, I believe. The answer is yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah. So how does this all tie into fathering? This is really, when it comes back full circle, mm -hmm. is what are we doing? We as fathers are stressed, worried, and anxiety, mm -hmm. and our thinking processing ability drops. We get home, we're around our children, we're in a diminished thinking processing capacity. They do something, our mom comes and says, Oh, while well, you were gone, they did this and they did that. Or well, what do you now? You become the disciplinarian, and instead of giving them the love that they need, you're giving them the punishment that mom wants you to give them. And what happens? Now the children will just look at you as the authoritarian yep. because you're retired and your interaction with them is disciplinarian. It's not love. So wow. what is the child thinking? The child's thinking, dad doesn't love me. When in your mind, oh my gosh, I'm out here working so hard just to provide a roof over my children's head and you know, give them clothing, give them all the good things, pay for college. And the children are like, oh my gosh, my dad's never home. Mm. 
and uh, so what's happening in the child's mind, the child is, their perception is radically different. And the problem is we never stop to ask the child, how do you see it? Man, that's amazing. You just said that because that that's my life in a nutshell. I mean, I, you know, with my story and stuff like that, I'm sure a lot of people already know about it. Um, I'm a journeyman lineman by trade. I, I told you before, and I traveled all over, uh, you know, to do work and stuff like that. Very dangerous job, very demanding job. Mm, and wow. I gave everything to my job. So when I, when I was home and I came home, like you're just talking about, I couldn't give my children what they needed. So it turned into discipline. And then they started associating me with being the disciplinary. So when I was around them again, they had this anxiety built up on them because of that stress relief, that the stress that I had built up and the anxiety from work and everything else like that, I was still at that heightened level, right? Operating at this high level of anxiety and stress. And then I was bringing that home and I was changing the atmosphere for them to where now they feel like they're walking on eggshells. 100%. And it was, it, it was totally unhealthy in my, I mean, that that's a toxic environment blueprint right there, recipe for disaster. And that's what was happening in my life, you know? Yeah. Did you ever see really intelligent people do things that makes you wonder how intelligent they are? Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. It's like, I, wow, that guy, I used to think a lot of him, but now I don't think so much of him anymore. Nah. Well, here's the key. And it ties back to what your children is. The, your your IQ, your intellectual intelligence never drops unless you have a traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to really increase it significantly unless you put a tremendous amount of effort in. I think you can improve your IQ maybe five to 10. I'm not sure, but it's not a lot. Mm -hmm. What the problem is when these super intelligent people do things that make them look stupid is they're emotional. So what happens when the cortisol and adrenaline race through your brain cause of fear, your cognitive thinking process and creative ability drops dramatically. You're in the fight or flight stress response and you do things that don't make sense. Mm. If your man was clear, you wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Now, can you imagine? Here comes dad. If I can use it for an example. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Here comes dad. The children start associating dad with stress. Mm -hmm. So now when the children know dad's coming home, their cognitive thinking processing ability drops. They don't do the right things they should be doing. Mom's getting frustrated because they're messing up. Dad comes home. You need to straighten them kids out. Dad goes, hey. What are you guys doing? You guys know better than that. Whoa, stress level goes up. Cognitive thinking drops dramatically. What are your kids doing? You know better than that. Stress goes way up. Cognitive thinking drops way down. Now we're saying that, come on, you know better than that. Why are you doing that? Come on, can't you think? What's the matter with you? How stupid are you? What happened? their stress level is already peaking out. Mm. We come home with this anxiety, drive their stress level through the roof, cortisol and adrenaline is just racing through their bodies. Their, their mind is a total wreck. Mm. 
And then we're wondering why are children doing things that they know better? It's like, you kids knew better than that. What happened? Wow. Their brain is in emotional overload. Gosh, man, that's, man, you just hit every single nail on the head with that. So just what do thinking, they need? Yeah, just, just thinking back to, you know, certain situations in my family to where I was asking, you know, that was some of the questions I'd ask my daughter. Aren't you thinking? What are you thinking? I used to always tell her that. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that, that just drove the stress level through the roof, mm -hmm. the cognitive thinking through the floor to the point, you're right, she could not think. Yeah, she could not think. And yep. it's crazy because I saw that same stress level when I had apprentices in my trade. My, the trade I'm in, like I said, it's very dangerous, high stress levels. You know, stuff can kill you, stuff can maim you, right? A lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, yeah. So stress is really high to where some of these apprentices, when we started yelling at them for the, because the stress level's high, instead of sitting back, and recognizing, okay, these kids are, they're stressed out. They're starting to do dumb stuff. Now, linemen are yelling at them because they're pissed off, because they're tired, because yep. they want they want stuff done Come right. On. The apprentice can't keep up because he can't process. And here we're calling them every name in the book, yelling at them, thinking that that's going to motivate them to go better. And in reality, they just continuously fall apart. Stress level goes up, kind of thinking drops. Mm -hmm. Now, so when there's some people that can rise in that situation, though. I've had apprentices that they keep a level head under all the yelling and chaos and name calling and tools being thrown at them or whatever. Yeah. They will rise in that situation. Why do you think that is? It's all about emotional awareness. Mm. Everything in your life centers around emotional awareness. So you can imagine Adam and Eve are in the garden. They have a pure spiritual connection with God. Yes. There, there wasn't a big, they weren't emotional beings. They were spiritual beings with God. Mm -hmm. When they, when the fall, at the, when they sinned at the fall, they lost the spiritual connection. And now they had an emotional awareness. Mm -hmm. I don't think Adam and Eve were obviously not emotionally aware before the fall because they were naked and didn't know it. There was no emotional awareness. Mm -hmm. So because of the sin, the spiritual, now the emotions rule over the spirit. So you can imagine this is your spirit and this is your emotions. Now, in order the spirit to rise up, the emotions have to get out of the way. The only way the emotions move out of the way is when you feel safe. So you ever go to a revival meeting or a church service that's over a weekend and it's like you start to flow and the spirit is flowing. You're like, whoa, this is amazing. And you start surrendering. You start yeah. surrendering yourself. You surrender yourself. Also, what happens? Your mind, your emotion, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions start to surrender. And as soon as they surrender, boom, your spirit rises up. Mm. Now, do you ever see the guy, you know, I, I come from... Uh, I followed some charismatic circles. So I could, you know, I've seen the people laying on the floor, you know, yeah, yeah. Around, whatever. Slated but anyway, spirit. you see these people just like really moved by whatever was happening. And you're like, wow, he's having a, an incredible experience. 
This is amazing. He needed that. And you see him two weeks later and you're like, um, wait a minute, where were you two weeks ago? <laughs> oh man, don't look like nothing happened back there two weeks ago. What happened is in, during that event, uh-huh. the mind, the will and emotions got out of the way. The spirit rose up, connected with the spirit of God. We were just flowing. It's like, whoa, these guys live here forever. What happened is life happened. The emotions came back into play. Here comes an event out of the sixth senses. Something I've seen, something I heard, I felt, I tasted, my spirit sensed it. All of a sudden, here comes something. Boom, my emotions go, whoa, what was that? What was that? I need to be safe. Letting the spirit lead is scary. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Very scary walking in the spirit because I don't know what's going to happen. So now here's the problem. If I have an orphan's heart, Mm-hmm. If my heart is closed for any reason, that means my spirit is closed as well. When I am not connected to my to people here on the earth, it's impossible to be connected here. So my heart is closed. So the love of God does not flow through my mind. The love of God flows through my heart. And when my heart is closed, the love of God can't flow. And I start thinking of how can I operate. And God don't want me to think of how to operate. He wants to flow through my heart. Mm-hmm. And he wants to connect through my spirit. He wants my emotions to get out of the way. So my spirit can connect to God. And out of my and he can flow through my heart. So he speaks in my spirit and flows through my heart. But the problem now is here comes in his event. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, whoa. I put up my guard and I try to think my way out of it. <laughs> oh, wow. I think my way instead of saying, okay, Lord, um, I'm really being uncertain here. Mind, will, and emotions, get out of the way. Go sit in the corner and pray, Ray. Stop. Just stop what you're doing. Go pray. No, I need to figure this out. And, you know, I'm searching Google and YouTube and, you know, calling my lawyer and you know, oh, yeah. all my friends, all my buddies, like, hey, we got to take care of this. It's like, uh, boom, spirit's gone. I mean, we shut the spirit down. Uh, now our spirit's not connecting. So do you think that's where the Bible talks about uh, uh, don't quench the spirit? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. When you quench your spirit is you let your emotions rule over mm. instead of Allowing the Holy, so the Holy Spirit is like a radio waves. He's constantly speaking. He's constantly speaking to us. But when we are closed, when we close ourselves, it's like putting your fingers in your ears. Mm-hmm. So the, the Holy Spirit is, is always speaking, speaking, speaking. Because when you stop, it says it's a still small voice. When you stop and you get your mind out of the way, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, what was that? Woo, that was amazing. Oh, my goodness. That was awesome. But then too quickly, way too quickly, a thought pops into my head, and I need to go take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we go into that problem-solving mode as men. So we I think those thoughts come up, and all of a sudden, we start going into, how do I fix this? How do I solve this? I, I mean, I see it even with uh, – with the married men, um, instead of listening to their wives, 
they go into problem solving. And I did this myself and you're trying to fix it. And it's like, no dummy. They just want you to listen. You know what I mean? So let's back it up. Where does all that come from? That all comes from us being broken and empty. Wow. Man, that's so here's the deep. thing. It's a simple five steps. This is a simple five steps, but it's a hard process. Okay. You guys don't get anything else. This is what I want you to remember. You stop. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Is it the truth? What is the truth? Stop. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Is it true? What's the truth? The key is if we never get to why am I thinking that, we will never solve the problem. Hmm. You have to get to that why. If you why? never get to this why. So first of all, we got to be able to stop. And uh -huh. we hate doing that because why? We want to be problem solvers. Yes. We want to, I'll fix this. I'll fix this. So what do we do? We run to the tool and grab a uh, run to the garage and grab a tool. <laughs> I'll fix yeah. this. Wait, wait a minute. Stop. What, stop. Just settle down. Take a deep breath. What am I thinking about? Mm. Why am I even thinking that? So we never, we don't like to stop and think why, 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 why? Because we don't like that emotional stuff. Mm. Well, let me, literally every aspect of your life, Financially, mm -hmm. nutritionally, spiritually, marriage, relationally, is emotional. An event occurs. Your brain takes in the event, runs it through the emotional calculator. How do I feel? How do I feel about that person? What mood am I in? How are things been going? Oh, now, what happened before and what does this mean? Mm. Now... Because of what this meant before and what I feel like now, I'm going to react this way. And that is in the speed of light. Boom. That bounce. Wow. Now, here's the problem. We are the sum total of every single part that makes up the whole. Uh -huh. Now, if you can imagine, let me just do a quick chart here. So we're this chart here, and yeah. now you can imagine these are the things that are not good in my life. Guess what? As my brain does that research, it's finding them things that are not good. Mm. And it will find them the rest of my life until I go back and change the meaning. Wow. What's my brain doing? It's researching and finding the meaning. What does that mean? Now, I cannot change the fact my father left when I was four years old, never paid child support, and you know, said all kinds of things that he was promised many things and never came through with anything. Mm -hmm. I can't change that. What I can do is I can go back here and change what does that mean. Mm. Can't change the fact when I was 34, maybe 40 years old. My father said in front of a bunch of my friends, who the hell do you think you are anyway? I can't change that. But what I did do is I came home and I wrote on a piece of paper, who the hell do you think you are anyway? And I start writing out, what did that mean? Guess what? I changed the meaning mm -hmm. 
of what it meant. And now when my brain does that research, it's like, oh, we're good. No, you're fine. No problem. And that's the key. This is where I have the biggest struggle of getting people to go. Let's go back and let's change the meaning. So when my brain does that research, it has a new meaning. Mm. Had one client that was coming here and I said, what do you want to work on today? He goes, ah, you don't know. I said, ask the Holy Spirit what you should work on. He thought for a moment. He goes, ah, that's just weird. I'm like, ah, you thought of something. You heard something. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, it's just weird. What was it? He goes, well, I can't stand to hear people chewing food out loud. It just drives me crazy when they chew with their mouth open or just close to me. So Holy Spirit showed me what it was, but I needed him to find it. Mm. We started unpacking it. We unpacked it. Got back to when he was a child. His father would sit across the table at the breakfast table, eating his cereal, totally ignoring him. So I said, okay, I want you to imagine you're sitting at the table. You can hear your father. He goes, yeah, I hear him. I said, I want you to look for where Jesus was in that moment. He goes, he's standing behind me. I said, what's he doing? He goes, his hands are on my shoulders. I said, what does that mean? He said, he's paying attention to me. I said, what does that mean? I'm not worthless. I said, exactly. Mm. So I told him, I said, go home and tell your wife to choose something standing beside you. Well, I happened to see his wife the next night. And I said, hey, did you do what your husband said? She goes, what, are you nuts? She goes, I'm not crazy. I'd never do that. He you know, almost decked me. I'm like, yeah, go home. And I will guarantee you, he will not react. Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock that night, I got a text message. OMG, I am sitting here on the sofa right beside him chewing popcorn, and he is not flinching. <laughs> That's what awesome. Happened? He changed the meaning he gave to the sound of somebody chewing. Wow. By visualizing Jesus, mm. he changed the meaning in his mind. He went in there all the way back to that five-year-old little boy, mm -hmm. changed that meaning, and that meaning had no power over him anymore. Mm. That is what means to be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Oh, amen, man. So we cannot be transformed until we go back and give it a new meaning. So when my brain does the research, it comes back, hey, Ray, you're good. No, you're fine. So now when the event occurs, the neurochemicals don't go rushing through my brain, take my cognitive thinking, and make me do stupid things. Mm. <laughs> Man, it's almost like you have to have that supernatural or spiritual awareness to to know that there's an issue because i i think a lot of people know something's going on they just don't know where to begin and they don't know what it is and that's why and let me just put a plug in for coaching and mentoring uh-huh that's why if you want to get ahead in life hire a coach hire yes. a mentor but I never agree. never go to your friends Unless your friend is going to agree to be hard on you, 
Because I tell my clients, when your face gets pushed against the wall, the next thing you should be feeling is my foot in your back mm -hmm. or I'm not doing my job. If mm -hmm. I'm not willing to push you through your wall, then I'm not helping you because there is no reward on this side of the wall. All the rewards on this side of the wall. The wall is what's stopping you from where you should be. So when your face gets against the wall and you start complaining and crying and throwing the temper tantrum, that's when your coach should be the hardest on you. Yep. That's when your coach should really be grabbing you and pushing you and, and, and is really making you work harder. Mm. Because what is it? That means you came against this wall. And if you don't get through that wall, you're not going to get to that place God created you to be. And mm. then you're going to be miserable and you're going to go, what's going to happen? You hit the wall, you fall down, you go back, you get back up. And guess what? You hit the same wall. <laughs> you mm. fall down, you go back, you get up and you hit the wall. same wall. Boom, all your life. Until you find somebody that's not afraid to push you through the wall. Mm. But if you don't want nobody to push you through the wall, guess where you're going to be? Stuck. Same. On this side of the wall. Mm -hmm. No reward. There is no reward here. Mm. You cannot walk in the fullness of God's um, creation for your life on this side of the wall. It's impossible. God created you to be on this side. Well, guess what's on the other side of that wall? Another wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what's the other side of that wall? Another wall. Another wall. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Because when you learn to break walls, you become a wall breaker. Wall breaker. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you and, just keep busting walls, busting walls. You know, you just and I think you create that momentum. Once you get through that first task, which is always usually the, the hardest in anything. Yes. You get comfortable and you start enjoying those little wins like i do when i deal with fathers i i try to get him to see that it's little wins that make a difference how do you yes. eat an elephant one bite at yes. a time so it's those little wins of being intentional being engaged you know acknowledging your acknowledging your children which start creating these little wins which put them in that momentum to actually start engaging more and more with their children and then absolutely when you when you plant that seed, you're going to reap a harvest later on down. 100%. Well, you know? 100%. So when I like to tell, uh -huh, go ahead. I like to tell people it's one thing, mm -hmm. one step. Yep. Everything in life, one thing, one step. I, uh, I can liken that to an event that happened to us one time. I was a brand new foreman and we went on a hurricane and uh, I looked at uh, a guy who I consider kind of like a line daddy. You know, he's, he's a, a guy that we looked up to as a, as, as a, as a line, uh, a seasoned lineman. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was like, man, I was like, dude, I was like, this place looks like a bomb went off. I mean, power lines down, poles broken. It looks like spider webs everywhere for miles wow. and miles. And wow. uh, he turns around, he's like, hey, he snaps, got my attention. He's like, oh, you focus on this one pole, this one span. And that's it. You go from here to there. You don't worry about that. You Love worry it. about this one pole at a time. He's on. That's Love how we're going to handle this. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I always try to utilize that in everything I do now. Just.
focus on what you're doing, the task, you know, because there's no such thing as multitasking because something's going to fail. Something's not going to be good. So your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. Exactly. Yeah. Multitasking is, is not real. It's, it's, yeah, it's like not they real. think they're multitasking, but they're not. No, no, no. man. That's amazing. That's amazing that you, uh, you're able to, uh, come up with this program that the Lord just showed you and, and just led you and guide you through your circumstances to be able to unlock these, these blockades that people have in their lives that all glory to God, all yeah. glory to God. Absolutely. Yeah. To where, I mean, you imagine how much money and, and medicine people take that is unnecessary. If they're able to just deal Billions. with this, if they had that situational awareness to where, they become aware of the why, like you said, of what's going on. I mean, man, I don't, I don't think it's a billion dollar industry. The, the pharmaceutical industry is billions of dollars. And the doctors say 60 to 70% of the people would not be in the hospital if they would learn to forgive. Mm. It all comes down to epigenetics. The environment of the brain affects the genes of the body. The genes of the body get deteriorated. And it's about how you think is the most important factor. Now, the food you eat and the, the environment you're in has a factor. But the biggest factor is your thinking process. Wow. And that's why bringing the full circle back to the father thing. Uh-huh. This is why uh, us fathers blessing our children with our words is the most powerful thing we could ever, ever do to our children is the words that we speak, life and death is in the tongue. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, so I was in Brazil in 2004. And again, the Holy Spirit, he led me to stand in the place for this girl as her father and bless her. I ended up doing another trip with that mission, uh, Global Awakening. And I ended up doing four individual trips of my own to just share this father's blessing. Right now, I'm uh, just about wrapping up a book mm -hmm. called uh, The Father's Blessing to a Son and The Father's Blessing to a Daughter. Mm -hmm. It's where we uh, bless the you know, first uh, conception, first, second trimester, all the way through, uh, all the way through their life. Yeah. I do this crazy thing for uh, crisis intervention for marriages where I'll go and stay in people's homes for three days. Wow. We start our session at eight o'clock in the morning at their kitchen table. We're at that table till six o'clock that evening, three straight days. Wow. Nobody's allowed in the house. Nobody, no phone calls, nothing. It's just me and them for three days, intense in your space, in your face. On that third day, this is where I'm telling you this. We have, if they have any adult children, we have them invite them adult children home and I'll lead the mom and dad through doing a blessing for each one of them children. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it is unbelievable. The, uh, the, how can I say the transformation in these adult children to hear mom and dad speak them words. Unbelievable. David. I'm telling you, it's the most powerful thing in the world it's to see grown men and grown women just bawling like a baby because they never, they, they longed all their life to hear them words spoken to them. Wow. 
it, it, it is so 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 powerful man i just got goosebumps <laughs> i tell you i um it just it, it's the most amazing thing in the world so the lord has led me into learning a lot about transformation coaching and leading people to freedom mm -hmm. the lord stood before me and said ray i'm only gonna let you do one aspect of your coaching only one part of it and i would say it would be the father's blessing hands down mm -hmm. is where i would stand in a place as a father and i would bless people as a son or daughter we have seen traumatic transformations when we were blessing them in the womb wow because of the the prenatal wounding mm -hmm. that the parent was discouraged or didn't want the child or was overwhelmed and that child received that into their spirit mm. and we've wow. seen complete healing of that and just dramatic just amazing absolutely amazing man that's uh just to just to touch base on that i mean it's absolutely true i mean um one of uh my baby my last son he when my wife was pregnant with him, we went through this incident to where I had a, I had got fired from a job. I, I worked mm. at the utility and I got fired from the job. Um, several of us got fired for this big old thing that was going on. Anyhow, mm. it put tremendous amount of stress in my family because all of a sudden now my wife is pregnant, right? Wow. And now I'm out of a job and I'm trying to fight with the union with the company to see why I'm getting terminated. And it just put tremendous amount of stress on my wife to where when my son was born, he came out with this, uh, these uh, lesions all over his body. Yeah. It, we didn't know what was going on with them at the time. And the doctor here said there's only like probably five cases in the state that we live in. Now, what was happening was he was allergic to my wife's milk. So it was causing these lesions. I mean, I mean, it looked like somebody had thrown boiling water on him. They did not know what to do. They're giving us these steroids and stuff like that for him. He was screaming. It, it drove my wife. I mean, just wow. Wow. She had, because I was working out of state at the time again, cause I had, I had to go work. Cause one of the, one of the things for, uh, the utility that I worked at was once you leave there, whether you quit or you, or you get fired or whatever, they ban you from their property. So not only was I terminated from that place, right? Wow. Now I yeah. couldn't even work as a contractor on their property. So they basically took away my livelihood to be able to work in this state, which is completely wrong. So I had to go forced to go work in other states. I was in Oklahoma. I was in Texas. I was in an ice storm. I mean, I was gone while my baby was born, going, leaving my wife at the home to go through these traumatic, uh, traumatic things that were going on. Now, on a good positive note, glory to God, my baby went from a, a, a baby that was one of the most severe cases that he had, right? This thing in the state to where they were even saying he was going to be a failure to thrive 
to where now he eats everything. He has no problems whatsoever. Nice guy. And he is, he's almost bigger than his brother who's two years old, two years older than him. I mean, he's <laughs> wow. big. I mean, and he's, he's just an amazing boy, and I love him to death. And I'm just so thankful that God was gracious to us to be able to heal him during that time because it was devastating, devastating, you know. But I, I thought I'd want I thought I'd share that with you just because you know tying yeah. back to what you're saying about the baby in the wound and and the stressors on the mother and all this other stuff that had an effect on the baby inside the womb. Yeah, it, it's huge. It, it has a massive massive effect. And um, yeah, so when we don't deal with our past, mm-hmm. our past will become our predictable future. Mm-hmm. Because we never change the meaning so that our brain is constantly recycling what we don't want, but it's going to keep recycling and making what we don't want. It's going to become true again. Mm-hmm. Because we never went back. Stop. What am I thinking? Why? Go back and change the meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's get back there and change that meaning and it radically changes our whole life. So. You know, what happens with us as fathers when we don't do that, perhaps our heart goes closed and then we try to mentally stimulate and give what we think and not what we feel from our heart because our heart is closed and we can't love with our heart. So what do we do? We try to give money and give advice. You know, and try and say things like, you know, I'm just trying to be nice and I'm trying to love you and give you a better advantage, you know, give you an advantage of life by telling you the wisdom that I have. Mm-hmm. It's like um, they don't want to hear that. They want to feel they want to feel your love of you doing the things you don't like to do because you love them. Mm-hmm. So love is doing the things I don't want to do because I love the person I'm doing them for. That's real love. Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, and, you know, too many times you're like, well, hey, here's $100 or here's a gift or, oh, you can borrow the car. That's all mental. That's not from the heart. Not saying none of that's from the heart, but if we're doing that in substitute of the mental versus the emotional, the children want that emotional connection. Mm. They want that, you know, and what, unfortunately, we are empty and broken. Mm, yeah. And we can't give our children what we don't have. Mm. So what, what do we do? We got to go back. We got to deal with our past. We got to rewrite these meanings. We got to change the meanings to what does it really mean? What's the truth? What's the truth in the kingdom of heaven? In the kingdom of heaven, Ray Hurst was never abandoned. In the kingdom of heaven, Papa Ray was never rejected, ever. Now, am I going to look at it from an earthly perspective or a kingdom perspective? Mm. My dad was broken and empty. He couldn't give me what he didn't have. Mm. The truth is, I was not rejected. My dad was just going looking for what he couldn't find. Mm. reject me my school teachers and the pastors in my life they didn't reject me 
Mm -hmm. They were broken and empty and didn't understand what I was trying to do or say. Mm. And they got angry at me. Why'd they get angry? Because they had an orphan's heart. Mm. They didn't reject me. They just didn't have anything to give me. And I took it as rejection. Wow. What, what do you say to the fathers that were uh, physically abused? Like a uh, uh, prime example, a father who, you know, had, you know, he, their father was just completely abusive to them to the point where, you know, I never wanted you and, and you're not my son and all this other stuff. And just kind of basically took the beatings out on you. Like, what do you say to those, those fathers? It's again, uh, I'm going to speak right to that. Uh, many of you guys out there, men or women, uh, no matter how old you are, if your father, your mother, anybody spoke harshly and bad words and cursed you or beat you, the truth is he was empty. Mm. He was broken. Couldn't give you what he didn't have. Mm. And it's out of his emptiness and out of his brokenness is where his anger came out of. It wasn't your fault. You did not cause it. It was nothing that you did that deserved that. It is 100% that person who hurt you was empty. They were broken. They couldn't help themselves. They had an orphan's heart. They, they could not give you what they did not have. Wow. They didn't have it. And, I, and let me just say, let me take it a step further. I want to say I'm sorry to any man or woman, boy or girl, whose father hurt them in any way. I want to say I'm sorry. I want to say, let me stand in the place of that father and let me say I apologize and I am so sorry for the harsh words that were spoken. And I want to say to you, I am so sorry for hurting you physically, mentally, emotionally. I'm just gonna I'm gonna make it really real here. Any of you guys have been anybody been sexually abused by a parent or anybody? Let me stand in that and say, I am sorry. That was wrong. I am so sorry that that happened. As unacceptable. It was not your fault. The abuse mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it wasn't your fault. That person that did that to you had an orphan's heart. They were broken. They were empty. I'm not excusing what they did. Not at all. I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying it's not your fault. And I release you from that. I release you from that burden that you're carrying. That's something that you did that deserved that. I'm saying, no, you never deserved that. Never. I release you from that. And I set you free. Amen. As I can say that, Father, I want to say, I am so sorry. And I want to ask you to forgive me. This is critical. As you say, I forgive you, you're speaking to your abuser, your father, the person, your accuser, the person who hurt you. 
it's really critical that you don't develop an orphan's heart, that you're able to say out loud, I forgive you. Very, very important. Your brain cannot be free until you let go. And let me just say what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is that person no longer owes you. They no longer owe you. You don't, you cannot collect the debt from them. What it does not mean, it does not mean that you have to be around them. It does not mean that you have to associate with them. It doesn't mean that they can come back and do it again. That does not mean. Forgiveness means you let it go and you're no longer going to collect the debt. It also means that your brain is going to become free and your brain is going to let go that you're no longer looking for the angle of how to make them pay. And it's going to open your heart. Remember, when your heart is closed to anyone here, it is closed to God. It is impossible to close your heart to anybody on earth for any reason and still be open to God. Wow. Man, those are just so encouraging. Those are, man, that was amazing, brother. Thank you. Amazing. And what you're doing is amazing. Uh, Brother Ray, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so I have two websites. I do want to encourage you guys to go to my father's blessing. If you never heard your father say, I love you, I bless you, I strongly encourage you to go to my father's blessing website. That's www.fathersblessing.info fathersblessing.info and in there you'll see a blessing to a son and a blessing to a daughter gender pacific i encourage you to go in there and watch that video that's me sharing a blessing starting in conception working the whole way through the time in the womb and literally through every part of your life i've done that thousands and thousands of times and we have seen amazing results Strongly encourage you, if you never heard your father say, I love you, go to fathersblessing.info and watch them videos. My uh, coaching website is ILAP, that's I-L-A-P-N-O-W.com, ILAP now, I-L-A-P-N-O-W.com. Of course, you can always find me on Facebook at Ray Hurst. I try to do a live video every day, try to put something encouraging, uplifting, and um, inspiring on there as much as probably I try to do something every day. Absolutely, Brother Ray. And uh, one more thing, if one of these fathers goes to your uh, website for the Father's Blessing, yeah. um, is there uh, directions and how they're supposed to go through? Like, say, for instance, I'm going to be true with you right now. I want to go ahead and speak over my children the encouragement, the blessing that you have just because of the hurts I have bestowed upon them. So I want to do that as the father, as the men now standing in that gap. So do I just repeat what you say on there and just and give that blessing? Is that how that works? Or You can. Now, I, I did write up extensive um, that I give to people mm-hmm. of how to prepare why we say what we say when we say it mm-hmm. and so i like that i think it's like 10 page of 
just really a deep dive. Uh, what is the meaning behind each, each thing we say? Why is it significant? Why do we even bother bringing that into it? And kind of prepares you to be ready for anything they're going to say to you. So if you're interested, guys, um, yeah, go to my go to my Facebook or here's my email. I'll give you my email. It's Ray, R A Y H, at PapaRay.com. R A Y H at P A P A, R A Y, dot com. And just ask for the how to bless my children. Yeah, if you just put in there, send me the information on how to bless my children. And I will email you, and it literally explains the meaning to every single thing we do, the things to watch for as your children are responding to what you're saying, and what does it mean as a, uh, so we watch for facial expressions, and we recognize that the body remembered that something happened there, but the brain doesn't, the, the conscious mind doesn't remember, but there will be a twitch or a, a blink that's not normal, or a twitch of the face. We stop, we go back, we emphasize. And every time we do that, that's where the major breakthrough was. So you look for the abnormalities in their face or their body, we call it the body language. And as you're going through and all of a sudden something is, you know, just this tiny little micro expression. And you, when you catch them, they're golden. Golden nuggets. Wow. It's, wow. It's, I love it. Absolutely. Well, definitely going to be requesting. So check for my email, brother. Because, yes. I mean, yes. I think you're, you're awesome. By the way, there's a book coming out. Yes. Uh, Father's Blessing, which is going to you know, lead people through just being able to read the book mm -hmm. and receive that blessing as well. And so, when is that going to be out for, for purchase, right? That's not me. So, hey, I'm just going to put this out here. I am, I don't, this is my first time uh, writing a book. Okay. I'm looking at self-publishing. So if anybody, I, I would love to have it out by January, February. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm on a learning curve. <laughs> I'm a massive learning curve. So. Um, I got people I that you need to talk to. <laughs> I got copywriters that you can talk to that will help you with that publishing. Awesome. I, I mean. I, I know what to write, but once it's written on paper, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully I can uh, lead you in, to the right direction. You know, I, I know some people that know people. So awesome. Uh, I awesome. thank you so much, Brother Ray. If uh, you yes. don't mind, I'd like to close us out in prayer real quick. Amen. Please. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for all that you do, God. I thank you that you are a God who stands in the gap for us, Lord God. That Father, you're just showing us as fathers how important our roles are, how important our level of influence that we have in our children, Lord God. I pray that you just open up our minds and our hearts, Lord God, so they'll be in perfect alignment with you, Lord God, and our calling. We thank you right now, Lord God, that we are the head and not the tail, above mm. and not beneath, Lord God. I thank you that as fathers, we are blessed in the city and blessed in the field, Lord. I thank you, Father, that we are just as we acknowledge you in all our ways, you're just going to commission our footsteps, Father. And we thank you that you're going to crown our efforts with glory. I just thank you now for a hedge of protection be placed upon each and every person that has listened to this broadcast, Father, that it'll go out 
and just touch the hearts and minds of both men mm. and women, Lord God, and that it will just cause something to spark within him, Lord God, that there will be a quickening inside of him, Father God, and they will just receive this blessing the way I have. I thank you in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. 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 Amen, Brother Ray. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop this and uh, we'll go from there. Hold on. <laughs>